As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Welcome to another edition of Tag the Roll. This is your host, Mark Schindler. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, colleague, and friend, Jake Rosen. Jake, how are you doing today, man? Good. I, I th- I'm excited for this episode. Uh, it's something I've been thinking about a lot. I think it's been very prevalent in uh, this year's playoffs. Winning on the margins, it t- gets talked about a lot. Our, um, I don't know if they kind of ruined their likability towards the end, which is really unfortunate, the Grizzlies. But um, I'm still a fan uh, of the young core. But of like them getting contributions from guys like Bain and Melton um, and then Zaire. It's a little different because he's a lottery guy, but we're here to talk about for late first round picks and uh, identifying our favorite quote unquote sleepers and guys that are going to stick around the league and help certain organizations win on the margin. So I guess we can start like, what do you look for in what are you looking for in this range? Obviously it varies team to team, but I think a good place to start is when you're kind of drafting in the twenties or towards the back end of the first round, what are you looking for in a prospect? Um, I think to me, a lot of it is marriage of uh, prospect fit and what the team can provide. Um, so like to me, 
I don't, I, I consider talking about him for like the 8 millionth pod uh, of all time, but yeah, we're not going to talk about EJ Liddell today. Don't worry um, <laughs> because I view EJ Liddell higher than a, than a 20 guy. But um, no, I think to me, like, especially with this class, like I'm more excited about this class from like 15 to 45 than anything else, because you mentioned this on our last pod. Like I have no idea what's going to happen. Even like yeah. back in the lottery. I'm not sure. Um, which is what makes it so interesting this year, because I think a lot of it is going to fit in on, you know, what teams are are valuing most and, and how they're seeing things. Um, so for me, like, I think it's tough because I think there's always like this idea, like, oh, you should take somebody who's like, like the Pacers taking Cassius Stanley at the end of the second round last year. It's like <laughs> high RSCI guy who was like, okay, but not awesome in college. Uh, obviously struggled with some testing because his wingspan sucks and, um, there was just a, a, like outside of shooting stationary threes, there was there were a lot of questions about cash as this game was. Um, but like, I think a lot more of it to me is like, what can you prioritize to make work for you? Like to me, if I'm um, I don't know, like if I'm I'm trying to think about it. if I'm like the Raptors or something right now and I have like I'm not saying like I'm not like in love with Bryce McGowan's game, but I'm like, OK, if we have like a really early second round pick. And there's an opportunity that, and you think like, okay, again, I'm not saying I think this, but like if the Raptors look at Bryce McGowan's like, we think we could mold this guy into like a capable wing scorer who maybe does some secondary stuff for us and takes a couple of years to grow in Raptors 905. Cause I think that's something you would need. Um, mm-hmm. But again, like, I think a lot of it's just like, what do you have the time to develop? What do you need the most out of it? Um, like to me, like, again, like a team, like, let's say shit. Um, I'm trying to think of teams that are at the let me pull up Tankathon really quick. But like if you're like the Philadelphia 76ers and you have the 23rd pick, and I'm like, okay, we have to win next year. Like, we really this is like I think some people would disagree with this. I tell them think logically. Um, they are not <laughs> in the place to be like, let's take somebody who's going to take a couple of years to to join our rotation. They're not in the place where they can wait to do that. Like, that's my opinion, at least. You can disagree with it, but to me, it would just be a bad allocation of potentially bringing in somebody who could have an impact on your roster now. Like I know, like to me, I'm probably higher on one of the more than you are, but like to me, I'm like, okay, if you're around like the late twenties and you're a team who needs a rotation wing, who in theory, like the off ball defense is the off ball defense, but like in theory, this is somebody who can be close to a neutral player for you and play regular season minutes and hopefully become more. Um, then I'd be like, okay, take one or more. Like that's, so I don't know if you're this is helping with my thought process at all, but that's kind of where I'm coming from. No, I totally get it. And what I was where I was going to go is that like your my biggest takeaway from the past couple of years is like the NBA is not linear. Like you never know when your opportunity to compete is going to come. So I I think for most of the teams, granted it shifts with trades and you get um teams that aren't didn't make the playoffs are thrust into the back half of the first round, but for the most part, like if you're a playoff team, especially one that won one playoff series like it's not easy to win a playoff series um I, I think as you said like you have an obligation to go get someone who you think can play and contribute and, and enhance your opportunity to you know, compete for a championship obviously rookies uh, it's tough maybe rookies aren't going to play like a big time role but even as a second year guy i've seen a ton of that um so i think i get identifying guys that can one slide in and this is something i wrote about with jeremy sohan um, Sohan's a little bit different because I think he goes in like the lottery range. But when you're 
searching in the back half, like you're most likely looking for a seventh or eighth or ninth man. So the ability to play and be scalable with any kind of player uh, and just provide value as a spot-up shooter, someone who can attack closeouts, um, being a cog in your offense, not fucking up defensively. Like, I think those are all traits that, you know, I'm looking for. Definitely more open to older players towards the back half of the first round. Like, I think the more drafts you cover, um, you see and you actually, like, get realistic about, well, one, a lot of it comes down to NBA opportunity. And the later you get drafted, the less chances you get. Mm-hmm. And two, just the reality that, the players in the first in, in like towards the end of the first round, early second, sometimes, you know, the NBA uh, doesn't prioritize players because they're older or they don't have physical tools. Like Desmond Bain should have never dropped to 30th, but for the most part, your prospects are worse because if they were better, they would have been drafted higher, especially when it comes to guys who are potential creators other than one who we'll talk about later, who is just all types of funky. But I, I think like broadening your lenses, opening yourself up to older players, um, ones who can contribute immediately, kind of taking a more short-term approach, especially if you're one of the more competitive NBA franchises. Like I think a lot of times we see organizations that are one to two players short in a particular rotation. Sometimes they're guards, sometimes they're centers. Sometimes it's just like they're just a wing short uh, or maybe even two wings short. And I think that is something you can address in this range. So I'm excited to talk about guys that I think can potentially um, fit the bill. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, do you want to get us started off or or who do you want to start with? Um, so out of the guys we brought to the table, like we're both comfortable talking about two guys in depth. So I can start with mine. Um, it was the guy I just mentioned without his name. Blake Wesley from Notre Dame. Probably one of the more fascinating prospects in uh, in this draft because statistically wise, he is not very good at anything. Um other than carrying a very large usage load as a freshman and have leading a team to the tournament. I'm like willing to go that far. So where do you stand on Blake Wesley? He's somebody I want. I haven't watched in like a month. Like I want to go back yeah. and watch more stuff of him from, um, from the season. He's, I don't know. He's somebody who I think I've risen on a little bit just because I need to like my, like he gets to the rim and I value that. Um, and he, he can make quality reads when he gets there. And I value that. Um, but I think a lot's just going to be on how you project him as a finisher. Like, I think that a lot of what he struggles with now as a finisher can certainly improve. Um, but I just question how much the interior stuff is. Like, I, I actually would say, like, I believe in the shot getting better for sure. Um, you know, the more that I've thought about it and gone back and seen some stuff. Um, but I definitely, like... I probably would say I'm not as worried about the interior finishing. Like, I, I do think like that's something that could be more of an issue as time goes on. But like, I also think like he's got size. He has a good wingspan. Like that's something that I think could improve with time um, to at least get to like close to average, you know, like, I don't think it's ever going to be a strength for him, but I do think like the shooting could become that good. And we already, like we've talked about his defense on here before and that yeah. being a, a, a definite positive for him at the two guard spot. Um and also, too, just, like, part of what makes him fascinating is, like, he could be somebody who plays the one alongside, like, an, another creator or something. Like, if you're playing alongside, like, um, you know you know what I mean. Just, like, in, in any kind of lineup that yeah. has somebody, like, a bigger creator, like, playing off of, like, uh, a playmaking hub or something. Like, I think there's a lot there that could be really- – I mean, I think – by the way, I think he can also play off of a smaller guard that, who is uh, more – Oh, for sure. So I'm just trying to – Like, your primary point guard. Like, just throwing out names like a Trey Young um, or a Ja. Like, someone who is – 
a strict one is going to guard one or he guard. Would, he would be such the, a Grizzlies prospect. Yeah, he would be. He <laughs> absolutely would be. Um, uh, yeah, I think I agree. I'm well. I'm more optimistic. I can't remember if you said this or the inverse, but I'm more optimistic on the shooting improving. Oh yeah, um, like I think that can okay. improve for yeah. sure. Like I think the shooting can improve mechanically. He just needs to sort things out. I, I don't know if it needs to be stripped down altogether, but he needs to find something and stick with it. Um, more to, like his, he would just shoot the ball differently almost every single time. Um, even in this like making them. Um, I remember there was a game I watched where he caught fire. Yet <laughs> all three of these threes that happened within seven minutes of each other uh, looked different. Um, so ironing out the mechanics and smoothing those out is a big deal. One, it's going to give him an avenue to score. And two, it's going to allow him to play alongside other guards because I do think that's a pitch for him is that he's big enough where you can legitimately slide him to the two while still without giving up. Like he's going to get in the paint. Uh, He's a big time creator who got two feet in the paint and bent defenses all year long. What he does, like, how do you feel about uh, the playmaking? Uh, I think it's fine. Like, I don't think it's, he's kind of in that same mold as Johnny to me. Like, I don't think that he's a bad playmaker. Um, but I also think like, I really want to see him improve on a lot of his reps. Like he, he is not very good at handling pressure right now, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, I think especially if he's facing a trap, like he's somebody who's more of like, I'm going to try and dribble out of this, then I'm going to make the overhead or I'm going to, to pass out of this. So it's like, to me, I do think that there's, there's a limit to where I'm at with him as a playmaker, but I do think especially off drives, he can make some really good reads. Yeah, no, uh, for sure. I, I think it's all derived from the pain touches and, and him, yeah. like his best reads happen when he collapsed the defense, drew multiple offenders, and then made a read out of that rather than like making layered skip side, like multiple, or I can't speak right now, multiple layered reads in against the set defense and a pick and roll or moving defenders manipulation. Like that's, that's honestly the case for a lot of this class is that, it's reliant on their gravity to then aid the playmaking rather than just being able to uh, punish defenses by spraying the ball all over the floor. Mm -hmm. So I I do think that's, but I still think that's a value, right? Like you don't want to discount that because we're both saying that his slashing is very real on and off the ball, attacking closeouts and getting downhill. So if he's going to draw defenders anyways, like if this is kind of the pitch I just made for Jay Nivey, which is yes, the playmaking is reliant on the gravity and the defensive attention, but it's going to translate. So, so is the passing. Um, obviously, attaining a high end out, higher end outcome would require him to, you know, see the game a little bit better. But I, I still think he's not helpless there. Yeah. Um, no, I would agree with that. Um, and like you said too, like I think the defense is an important part to note because I yeah. think that there's just there's a good base for him there to already. Not that he's going to come and be like, again, not a, not a day one impact guy, but somebody who I think you can at least see coaches being more willing to give him court time just because he does bring some stuff that um, I think could be viewed as more of a positive uh, off rip. So, I, yeah, I think he's he's definitely like he was somebody who I had like close to the end of the first round for much of the year. And I've gotten much closer to being like I could see him going like late lottery uh, early. I mean, late teens, too. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know where I'd pick him because I am very worried about the finishing. Honestly, like his vertical lift is bad when he goes to explode. He does have good foul grip though. Yeah. 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 No, that is true. That is true. But really poor finisher and poor finisher that was below the rim at a college level and against and struggled against college rim protectors, centers and weak side guys. 
that problem I feel like only gets exacerbated at the NBA level. Mm-hmm. No, so definitely. I, that, that I, that is like my big hang up, which is like, I'm pitching a slasher that can't finish. Where does that, like, where does that leave you? Um, but I do think his ability to create from a standstill, put pressure on the defense. If the shot does improve being a reactionary playmaker. And then, as you said, both on and off the ball. Like, I think he can bring positive stuff on the defensive end. So he's a fascinating guy to me. I think he's kind of the opposite of what I pitched in the beginning as what I'm looking for in this, in this range, which is someone who you can plug and play. You're not worrying about them. They know how to play with him without the ball. Um, They can play within your scheme and it's not necessarily a project. He's kind of the opposite, but he's someone like, I prefer him to someone like Bryce um, because the foundation of him as a creator is not completely theoretical it's there it's on film um the other stuff needs to come along but the core of his pitch is there with bryce i i do think he has more avenues as a wing but in terms of a creator swing late in the first i I think blake is that kind of guy yeah no i'll be right there with you um i guess we can go into my first guy um i'll talk about dale and terry i I think this almost feels wrong because he's risen up a lot since the combine um but this is somebody who like going back and watching arizona again um i was very into dale and terry like i went from somebody be like who i was excited like i'll I'll never forget the first time i texted the group chat like oh dale and terry is pretty fun i got i got booed off the fucking (laughs) off fucking app but it's probably me (laughs) it wasn't just you there was a lot of a lot of down votes um no i really like him man like i think he's uh He's interesting. Just like, I don't think that he's uh, the guy he's getting billed as defensively, if we're being honest. Like, I think that he's a solid defender, not like somebody who is being pitched as like, oh, this is a lockdown defender. Like, I I think like he, to me, he's much better guarding down than he is guarding up. Like, he's pretty wiry, obviously. Like, I think he obviously, you know, somebody could spend minutes on, on threes, but ideally is going to be guarding like twos, in my opinion, twos and ones. Um, which is still very valuable, but I just, you know, imp- important. Like, I think that people are always looking for big wing defenders and they just see somebody who does something at the point of attack with their arms out and they don't get blown by a big wing defender. So, um, yeah, I think that there's stuff there. I, I do want to see him clean up some of his off ball stuff too. Um, but I do think like overall, there's a foundation for a pretty good defensive player there. Um, offensively is where it just gets interesting because he was like nominally Arizona's point guard. Um but it was mostly because he can't shoot, um, which I that one skill yeah. away. Like yeah. a, a, the whole thing makes, if you said he was not a hard closeout, I don't need a hard closeout, any closeout. If you could guarantee, like, then I see him, I could see him top 20. Like I, it, the offensive skill set is very real. Like he was such a fun passer for them. I, he was someone I was not into at all in the beginning of the year, but I do think like we can, we, you can't say you're looking for complimentary wings who can legitimately handle and legitimately run certain actions and offers plus playmaking and then see Dale and Terry and just like pay him no mind. Like that he, he's legitimately, and that, I think it's because he, I mean, he's in his high school career was experimenting a lot as a ball handler. Um, and it, it just, the vision gets so much tougher because there were so many times in the Arizona games that I rewatched for, in preparation for this pod where he'll he just won't like they're just like shoot it like literally i'm not closing out on you i'm not giving you a lane to drive i'm not gonna let you um 
beat us as a slasher, shoot the ball. And he didn't a lot of times. And sometimes he did and it didn't go in. So the sheer numbers aren't that bad. Like I just looked them up. He shot 36%, but it's, it's only on two attempts per game. Um, 74% from the line. So like from sheer numbers perspective, it's not terrible, but the film, it, it just looks so much worse than that to me. Like he's yeah. not necessarily the shot, but how he gets treated as a shooter, which is ultimately what matters. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think it's important to look at too, because like to me, this is like very much in that same vein as like Najee Marshall and why I love him. Um, like I was very into Najee Marshall because I viewed him. I'm like, this is somebody who, yes, I do have questions about the shot, but he's so good. Like with, with just having size, making quick decisions, just moving the ball. Like, and it's not a, like important to know too. Like Dalen Terry's not making like crazy reads, breaking down the defense, but it's just, mm. he moves the ball and he moves himself. And I think players like that are incredibly valuable. Um, but it's important to know too, like Najee Marshall's shot profile was probably a little bit better than his while taking a lot more, getting to the line a lot more too. Like I, I would say Najee's probably a little bit better of an athlete. It was definitely like more, way more physical. Like I wouldn't say Dalen isn't a physical player, but especially as a finisher, like he's much more craft-based mm -hmm. um, as a finisher, which is a cool part. Like he had like legitimate like pacing and tempo as a dribbler. Like I think he's probably a little bit of a ball handler than a little bit better of a ball handler and playmaker than Najee was, but at, at, at the same level. But like, I also just think it makes the pitch like a little bit more odd, you know, like, um, but I do think like the shot, if I, I have to look it up, if I remember correctly, he closed on like kind of a heater on his shot to close the year mm -hmm. again, not on, not on volume or anything, but um, like he was at least taking it a little bit more and it was falling pretty well. It looked to me, We'd have to ask Milner about this, but I believe he changed his form as the year closed out. Um, still not a shot that is like even close to replicable, but um, it's something. So yeah, it from February onwards, he took two and a half threes per game at 46 and a half percent. Oh, that'll again, do it. When, not, you're, worry, when you're on that low volume, a yeah. heater like that will uh, yeah. completely change the profile. Yeah, no, without a doubt. But like he took multiple threes in every game except for okay five that's still yeah no never mind um, <laughs> like there, there was something there i do remember like going back and watching it was noticeable that i think there was some kind of change there so it, it makes me makes me interested for sure um yeah but it's it, it this is an interesting bet because i do think he's a little different whereas like i like it's not a ceiling floor thing but if he generates closeouts like i do think he could be a valuable rotation guy like, because his skill set is not necessarily run of the mill. Like, he does unique things, but on both ends of the floor, has a unique frame. It's just, I, I don't, we, I think we like, we don't see him as a primary or someone who's, you yeah, want definitely. to like start up your offense. So, you, if you're not getting closeouts, that's just one, it's detrimental to you and it's detrimental to, to the entire offensive flow. And, and I think it was definitely tough throughout the year watching how he got treated because it was even on the makes, like, the volume isn't isn't high enough where even if the percentage isn't terrible where you're really gonna like sell out it's if you're shooting 36 percent, but he's only taking two it's just those two possessions where it's gonna kill you um and it's not for lack of looks like he got treated like this um in basically every game i can remember i, I kind of treated like a non-shooter i mean correct me if i'm being harsh but i feel like that was a, a big individual hurdle yeah, no, definitely. Like, especially just for Arizona in general, like it could really muck up spacing. Um, 
Like they're as good as an, as good of an offense as they were. Like I do think like there were times where it was like uh, I don't know. Um, like yeah. Um, and I think like again, part of what made Dalen look a little bit better as a spacer this year was how much he handled the ball. Just because by virtue of being a team that ran with a ton, like, and that's what makes him interesting to me. Like I do think part of the pitch for him is like he has to be somebody who, who handles the ball. Um, yeah. Like I don't think that he can, and not not that's a bad thing, but more like part of what made him work to me. And it's kind of the same thing with like, again, different prospects, but very similar with like Dyson Daniels to me, like part of what makes him value. He's not somebody I want running the offense per se, but like he's somebody to me who I view as can kickstart and initiate sets, especially off the break, which can like, I mean, I, it's just a random thing. Like we've talked about secondary handlers a ton. And I think you and I view this very similarly, like having somebody who can like kickstart your offense without having to be the primary is a good thing because Sometimes it's easier to leverage what a primary option has if you're able to run them off screens or just do more like that. Um, so I think like that's part of the appeal with, with Dalen for sure. Um, but yeah, um, regardless, a very fun prospect who I'm, I'm interested to see what happens with him. Yeah. I, I think that's all I have on him really. Same. Like it, it, it just comes down to the shot to me and not necessarily what he shoots, but how the defense reacts. I think that's a really good point that you made on our last pot and something we've talked about throughout the cycle is the defensive reaction is ultimately what matters. Um, so we can move on to our next guy. If that's cool. I'm going to talk about Jake LaRavia. Have you seen any of him? Yes, I have uh, seen Jake LaRavia. He's really good, man. And, and he's really good in a role. Like this is exactly what I was talking about in the beginning. I feel like every single team could use him. Um, just knowing how to play without the ball very adept cutter can space the floor as catch and shoot three-point shooter like doesn't have a ton of juice off the bounce but he can attack closeouts he can redrive especially when the defense is scrambling late in the shot clock if it gets swung to him i'm confident in his ability to rip and go and can make reads out of that like doesn't necessarily excel and isn't a specialist in any one particular area but i think that's a good thing. Like, and I don't think he's a jack of all trades, master of none. He's legitimately good as a shooter and is good at attacking closeouts, but he's someone that I feel like you can just plug and play on both ends. Like very smart, um, can shoot, can dribble, can pass a little bit for his size and role and is a legit six, eight, not a ridiculous athlete, but not a terrible one either. So he's someone I don't, there's not much else to say. I think I'm going to write something on him and go a little bit deeper, but he's just really well, well-rounded and really good with a skill set that I feel like is tailor-made. Yeah. He's again, somebody who like really has to shoot it for me. Um, yeah. Because I think oh, I, like, I agree. I, if he doesn't shoot, then the whole thing falls apart in my opinion. Yeah. And like, I, I actually think you undersold him as a passer a little bit. Like he's, he's a, he's a really yeah. solid passer for, especially for his size and his role. Like, somebody I definitely want to get to see used as a roller. Like he's good. Just even if he's attacking as a cutter, making passes on the move, like he's good. Um, And like you mentioned too, I think he's got good movement skills. Like I like his movement skills in general, but I think like, it's more just like the explosiveness in general off the bounce. I mean, off the ground that I don't think is awesome for him right now. Um, I don't know if you'd agree with that. That's probably where I'm at with it. Yeah, I, I don't. So I do think something I do want to hit on with him as a cutter and why I find him to be so valuable there is that he does, you said making decisions and taking one or two dribbles. Like he had one clip in the game. I just watched where he cut behind the defense. They recovered, but he was able to take two dribbles, reposition himself, give a little shimmy shake and convert on a hook. So yeah. when you're looking for these complimentary players, like little things like that, um, the ability to win with what's given to you. And he isn't just like 
Like this is kind of where he differs from someone like Kendall Brown to me. Kendall's an incredible cutter, but if Kendall's not cutting and dunking, then it's like I'm not so comfortable with it compared to someone like Laravia who can cut, get cut off a little bit, but still make the defense pay for operating on an advantage. Granted, it might not be a perfect runway for him to just run and dunk, but he's was he cut into space, took advantage of what the defense gave him, and then was able to still convert like with with some skill. So Laravia is definitely someone like I've grown very interested in, and of like we'll probably end up with him in like the late teens, maybe 20 ish, mm-hmm. um, which I do think it's not totally unpopular. Like I've seen that. And I think a lot of people are trending the same way, but he's kind of the prototypical guy that I always latch on to later in the cycle, just because it's a very projectable skill set. You know what he can do. Obviously I'd like to see a three point volume increase. Like he only took two. So I don't want to be uh, hypocritical and criticize Dalen for only taking two and then just swiping that or sweeping that under the rug. I don't think that's his entire cell. Like I think the ancillary skills are very real, especially as a passer, as you noted, but if he's, if he, he isn't someone the defense respects and closes out to and has to run off, like not run off the line, but gives him an opportunity to attack in space. Like I don't necessarily trust him attacking short closeouts or attacking off the bounce, but I do think there's ways to use him, especially as a role man. Um, And he's someone I've been very excited about. Yeah. No, and for good reason. Um, do you want to hear anything else with him? Uh, defense. What do you, like? What do you, how do you feel about the defense? Because I do think he's very smart, and I, I think that's also another aspect of these role players, especially when you're playing a three or four and you're going to have backline responsibilities. Being on time and in position with rotations is so important, and, and knowing how to execute your principles. Like you don't have to be a stocks monster. I'm not asking you. You don't even need to protect the rim. And I do think he does have some good moments of verticality where he alters shots. But just being on time with rotations and knowing when it's your time to X out, when it's your time to cover for someone else, how to peel back to your initial responsibilities after you help. Like these are all areas where I'm very impressed with him in and I think are very valuable and meaningful uh, micro skills when it comes to the type of player that he projects to. Yeah, no, I think I'm right there with you. Like, I really like him as an off ball defender and like what he can do rotating low or like playing at the nail. Um what do you think about him on the ball? I think it's fine. I think yeah, I, I don't – yeah, like I don't think he's going to provide you a ton of versatility there. I do think if it's a big wing and a four, like I trust him. I don't think he's getting torched or blown by, and I do think he's strong enough to hang with the bigger bodies. But I, I like – if they're going to run like a two-four pick and roll or one-four pick and roll, like I don't want him switching. I, I would rather not do that. I think that would be a little bit lazy. Do you feel, I'm assuming you feel like similar? Yeah, for sure. Um, like he's very much somebody who is good and or solid at a lot of things, but not necessarily great at anything, I think is how I project project him defensively at the NBA level. Yeah, I, I yeah, I agree. I think I might be like a little higher on just the ability to execute scheme. And... Well, yeah, like I think again, like I think he can do things well and like like you mentioned, be timely. But I do think like um, there like I, I don't know if I'd be quite as sold on him being a massive impact player um like somebody who can execute things well on a team level but i think like there's definitely like barriers to him being a a slightly more positive defensive player no it's totally fair um you want to go into your guy so these last two guys i haven't seen any of your guy you haven't seen any of my guys so we're kind of going to be pitching each other on this which is um might not necessarily have the back and forth but i, I think this would be an interesting exercise <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, Ryan Rollins out of the University of Toledo for me is an easy one. I'm biased because I went there. <laughs> um, but I mean, this is somebody who watching him last year, I thought was um, like just the clear cut best prospect in the Mac. And that was while Jason Preston was at, uh, at Ohio two years ago. Um, I actually, I liked Preston too. I know so he, he was, he didn't have, he wasn't everybody's favorite player, but I, I liked him quite a bit. Um, also, I hope he gets healthy soon, but yeah, Rollins is, is interesting. Like he is, uh, he, I mean, what's hard with him is that he's very much so somebody who I think is going to need the ball in his hands or not necessarily need the ball in his hands, but like, he's a guy who you're, you're, if you're drafting him just to be like an off ball player, it's not happening. Like, or at least I don't view it that way. Um, it was tough because I have to look. I want to say he measured smaller height-wise than I was expecting at the draft, um, which hurt him a little bit. But I was correct in that he had a plus four slash plus five wingspan. I think he ended up having like the biggest height to wingspan differential at the draft if i remember correctly or i mean at the combine, i'm gonna I, I know that for a fact because the next guy i'm going to talk about had like a ridiculous wingspan that was bigger than that so I, he might have been up there but um i think jim williams had like plus eight i think yeah so ryan measured six three and a quarter with shoes on and a six nine and three quarters wingspan which is like it's pretty massive um yeah but he's interesting because he's really skinny right now. Um, like, I wouldn't say it's a massive hindrance to him. He actually plays fairly damn well through contact, which is a big sell for me. Um, he's uh, he's actually one of the guys I – like, one of the first guys I got really into after reading your piece on functional athleticism um, because he's very much that to me. Like, he's not somebody who I would say has, like, elite burst um, or is crazy strong, but he has insane flexibility. Um so his ability to create space um, along with his timing as a ball handler too is awesome. Like he's somebody who I think will get talked about as a combo, but he's to me a much better passer than that. And he has a pretty good feel for the game. Um, he moves pretty well off the ball. Like a lot, I think the biggest thing for me is just how good his shot gets. And I'm personally not worried about it. Um, I know a lot of people will look and be like, oh, well, he only shot, you know, 30, just about 32% from deep in his two years in college, I just, if looking strictly at how difficult those shots were, um, and I believe he shot a little bit better on catch and shoots than pull-ups, not like too far off. Um, but the indicators are there. Like he has very good touch around the rim. Um, his pull-up twos are fantastic. Like very much like you and Ben and I have talked about Malachi Branham is how I feel about Ryan Rollins too, in terms of like, you know, what his shot will look like outside the arc. Um, I do think like a lot of it's just going to come from getting stronger, which I think that is like one of the barriers with him is just that he's, he's six, three and a quarter and about 180 pounds. Like he, he went from just to, to, to add perspective too. I think he was 165 his freshman year. So he added a lot of muscle. Um, yeah. like he, he really did bump up to this next year. So he has to add more size too, for sure. Um, but he's just somebody who I view as, as being like a, so, it's tough because I have like a borderline lottery grade on him. So I think you almost have to, because I don't know if you're necessarily drafting somebody with the 25th pick to eventually be like your number two overall shot creator or something like that. So obviously there's a lot of um, stuff that has to go into it with him becoming that level of player, but 
I'm there, man. Like I, I know like he he's again, like somebody who is going to be much better as an off ball defensive player than an on ball. Like I think on ball defense can be a problem for him mm-hmm. for a while, just given his size and what his, his frame is right now. But I thought um, he had like his defense this year wasn't great. Part of it, like I don't, I didn't like how Toledo's scheme was. Like they, their starting center um, got well blew out his knee two years in a row. So they played essentially just five guys who were six six and shorter the entire time, um, and ran a bunch of zone and, and everything. And um, so it's hard to like necessarily like parse through his defense. I don't think it's ever going to be awesome, but I do think like he can be an impactful defensive player off the ball for sure. Um, what other questions do you have? Because I feel like I just kind of rambled a bunch. So what do you think of the playmaking for someone who is like, because that the way that measures is potential off ball guard, but like small off ball guard. So what's the playmaking like? I think the playmaking is better than the assists indicate both this year and last year. Um, like granted, he was a shot first guy for sure. But I also don't think it was in like the way that you think of a lot of combo guards as being shot first. Um, like I found him a pretty willing passer. Um I think like he makes good reads. One of the things I love, like something that I used to love about Marcus Agarowski, um, he's awesome at like going out of bounds to make plays too. Like he uses like the full range of motion and and full court to to make passes, to make plays, um, and to contort defenses too. Like I don't think that he's like an elite proactive playmaker, but I do think he shows some proactiveness as a playmaker. Um, he shows the ability to manipulate defenses. Again, a lot of it is pick and roll based, um, but I I am very much in on him as a playmaker. I'm intrigued, and he's definitely someone that has been on my list for way too long now, and I need to get around to. So I think he's also definitely my kind of player. I, the the pushback and well, not pushback, pushback I've received uh, for my pitch and praise for Giant Davis is you can just get Ryan Rollins in the second round. So, okay. Well, that's, no, <laughs> that's, that's, that's too much for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm being serious. I've been told that. So that's my, uh, vision of him. So I guess I'm going to have high expectations if I'm, if my, my, he's a value play to Johnny Davis. So I'm excited to watch him. I don't really have a ton of other questions. But so I'm going to pitch my guy, my last guy before we get out of here, Jalen Williams of Santa Clara. Definitely a big riser. I I hesitated to even bring him up in this because it doesn't seem like he's a late first guy anymore. It seems like he's a consensus top 20. And I get it. Like, I'm probably there myself. Um, Older prospect and played in the WCC. I think he benefited a lot in the WCC because he is not a very good athlete. I don't think I don't love his burst or downhill acceleration, but he is plays with incredible pace and it really aids him as both a playmaker and a score gets to his spots. I, I was about to say relentlessly, but then that, I think that like gives the wrong connotation depiction. It's like he gracefully gets to his spots. Um, super and like never sped up um, very good operating the mid range can self-create for himself in the basket and got a lot of dunks, but I think the dunks may be a little misleading on how he is as an athlete. Definitely going to need to shoot it because I do think he is a complimentary handler and a connector who can run second side actions, but a very legit passer. Um, definitely more comfortable with the role. Didn't really see him hit the weak side skip at all, but he does manipulate while he's going to the role. So did demonstrate an advanced understanding of defensive coverages, how to manipulate them, how to move defenders to get where he wants. Um, so he's definitely and on defense 
someone I really like off the ball. I think he's super smart. Obviously, that plus eight wingspan is going to do uh, – it's going to cause havoc in the passing lanes. So I like him there. I do wish he was a little bit better on ball. Like his screen navigation isn't great. Um, it's very upright, not really a fluid lateral quickness mover. But I don't think he's going to be like a defensive negative. And I do think he'll provide plus value off the ball, but while still bleeding a little bit on it. So he's someone I'm really interested by. Uh, again, kind of fits the bill that we we're pitching at the beginning – as long as the shot comes around, which I don't really have much, have many doubts about, he is someone who's like six, six and you're going to space to either be your two or your three and shoot, catch and shoot jumpers, attack closeouts, but more so like the equity with him is his ability to run second side actions. Um, and maybe even start the offense every once in a while. Like he was very adept as a pick and roll operator. And I think the class lacking that uh, drastically is ultimately what helped propel him to in getting in lottery talks but so i'm not totally there yet because i don't really buy the creator potential again he's older and lacks tools and is very much paced based like you do see some stuff uh and i'm and i don't think he, that he gets like drives to the rim that i don't think he really gets off against um power five competition i did wish he had a few games maybe non-con stuff to weigh but um he's yeah definitely someone who is very good like undeniably very good at basketball and has a role and skill set that is valuable I'm, he's somebody that I still need to watch before the draft happens because I just yeah you definitely got to watch him like he's yeah. he's damn good honestly and like I do think there's a chance that a, a team talks themselves into him like right outside the lottery or maybe even in the back like Duarte went I mean did Duarte was that a lottery picnic technically was he, he 14 yeah 13th so yeah like Duarte was like 23 um and is good and had a good rookie year. But I, so I think you, we're seeing some NBA teams put aside age a little bit. And I, I think he's worth it. Like, I, I don't know if he's worth the lottery pick, but I understand it. I understand where teams are coming from, especially if you're looking for someone who you don't view as a project and can just plug and play. Like, he's your guy. Well, he's definitely somebody I want to dive into more um, because he seems extremely interesting from everything i've heard he's like one of the other than some of the international guys who are more projected second rounders that i haven't really taken the time to dive into just to be completely honest he's the only guy i really just haven't seen um outside of like i actually don't think i watch santa clara and and gonzaga play so i need to dive into that more but can i get you some more uh some more ryan rollins propaganda yes feed feed me the propaganda cloud cloud my judgment before i have watched him yet okay so on pull-up jumpers out of out of pick and roll, let me – hold on. I'm trying to filter these numbers really quick. He shot – he was just a – he was a ridiculous pick and roll playmaker this year. So he shot 56% of the rim on pick and rolls as a handler, um, 62% on pull-up twos as a pick and roll handler. I'm like just about 30. Um, and I think, yeah, 41% on pull-up threes out of pick and roll. Um, his floater game, legit, like – yeah, uh, he didn't take like a ton of floaters this year. I also think like in stats numbers are wonky, as you know. Um, yes. But like the pull, like just to project out the pull up too. Like it's not just like a it's an interesting pull up too. Like to me, it is a very legit pull up too. So he shot um, on long pull up twos. This oh hold on a sec, I have it set for twenty twenty two, not for all of twenty one twenty two. Yeah, in twenty one twenty two, he shot forty eight percent on long twos, forty eight percent on intermediate pull-up twos, um, floaters in general, I'm trying to filter for as well. This is great podcasting for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
like yeah i just i really believe in the touch and his ability he's he's so good man i really you have to tell me what you think of him as soon as you watch this game because i will i will i will definitely i will definitely be watching soon um that's all i have uh, honestly for this pod um i d- i'm happy we did this though i feel like we haven't talked sleepers in a, in a bit it's been a lot about uh the top end guys which is is good i mean that's generally going to be the headlines of the draft but picking out guys on the margins is very fun um and i think these are all relevant prospects uh, that hopefully land in advantageous places on draft night yeah no i agree with you man well jake this is fun everyone listening thank you for listening if you somehow have forgotten since we last talked about it we have a live draft show at 7 30 be there or be square on June 23rd. Jake and I will be doing the entirety of the draft up there. Kevin Rice is producing for us, the great Kevin Rice. Um, so, yeah, look out for that. Most importantly, have your rest of your day. And thank you for listening. Thank you.